Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Turn with me to Psalm 147. Let's just start there. I... 147. Hallelujah. You know, I was... When, when my dad was in the nursing home, it's been, I guess, about three or four years ago, when he was at the nursing home, I'd go and visit him, and, all, and I'd go up Highway 69. And, um, and as, as I'd go up on that road, that interstate, there was a big billboard. And it said, Think Big. I mean, just a big old billboard. In big letters, it said, Think Big. And, of course, I would see that every day, and I'd say, Man, Think Big. Every day, you know, not every day, but three or four times a week. Think big, think big. I go, Lord, you trying to tell me something? Think big. So we're going to talk about thinking big. Don't limit God. He's big. He's good. And he wants, of course, he's already blessed us. But he wants us to be in a position to receive all his goodness. All His blessings, all the things that He's lavished upon us, He wants us to be in a position to receive all that He has. And so often, and I'm talking about myself, I'm not looking at anyone else, I'm looking at me. We limit God and we don't even know it. Here, God, who, and we're going to look at this, He's big, I, I just want you to get an idea. A lot of times we, I think we kind of forget we kind of forget. We just think, okay, we gotta, we go through the motions and we do our thing. We get in our routine and we kind of forget how big of a God we serve. Psalm 147, it, it, it kind of opens, it opens my, I love reading it. Psalm 147, um, well, if I can find here, 147, verse 4, it says, he counts the number of the stars. He calls them all by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding, the NIV says, has no limits. Now think about this. All the stars. Do you ever go outside and look at the sky? I love looking at the stars. There's billions upon billions upon... The, it's endless. It's big. Now, he did that. Your dad, your daddy did that. If you're born again, you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. He is your dad. And he displays himself. His glory is in the sky. And he counts all the stars. He, he sets them all in order, and, and each one has a name. Now, I saw, I saw a, um, I don't know how I even saw it, because I hardly ever listened to the news, but I heard this, or I saw it. <clears throat> this telescope they sent up in space a year ago, two years ago, called the Webb Scope Telescope. Is it a telescope? James Webb. Anyway, it's sending, it's sending pictures back now as I'm speaking. And some of, the, some of those pictures that's coming back are 
breathtaking. I haven't seen them, but the scientists that I, that I read, one scientist said he was shocked of, of the things that they're seeing now. Actually, there, one scientist said he's shocked because they're seeing other galaxies that they did not know were there. And I could have told them. They spent all that money. But it, I, I'm glad they did because it is fascinating. But, but the point is, I already knew God's big. He's big. And the scientists don't realize it because they don't really believe in God. Most of them that I've, that I've listened to, they won't mention God. But God says in His Word, just look in the sky. There's no excuse. God makes Himself clear. The point I'm trying to make is God is big. And my challenge for you today is don't limit yourself with small thinking. Now, when I say thinking, I am not talking... Thinking is a part of... It is, thinking is kind of like meditation. You can think on a, a subject all day and not say a word. Good or bad. What I'm saying is, saints, you're, we're, we're, God has, has designed us to think. That's the part of our makeup. He's given us a mind. And don't limit your thinking just on what you're seeing. A lot of times we get, like I said before, we get caught up in this rut. We go by, you know, obviously the Bible says we go walk by faith and not by sight. So when we talk about faith, we're talking about supernatural. We're talking about the Word of God. So you can think on His Word. You can think big. You don't have to stay in a small place. So when I would go past that billboard, think big, think big, so I started thinking bigger. And last year, my wife's my witness, we started, and of course, we, we stepped it up. I'll say that. We just sort of stepped it up in our thinking. Because the Word already says, I mean, if you get into the Word, believe His Word, you can go as high as you want. There's no limit. It's like it says here. God's understanding, God, 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 there is no limit to Him. His understanding, His intelligence is infinite. Now for us, He gives us His Word. The Bible says His thoughts are much higher than our thoughts. But He's given us His Word, come on, to think like He thinks. So we don't have to have small thinking. Turn with me to um, Psalm 78. Because we do not want to make the same mistakes Israel made, the first generation. Psalm 78, verse 41. They came out of Egypt. God delivered them out of Egypt, and they never did make it to the promised land. 
That's tragic. And the Bible says we can learn from their mistakes. They're, they, were, they, they left us examples, hallelujah, of not what to do. They're there for, for a reason. Now, Psalm 78, verse 41, it says, Yes, again and again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. You mean, Pastor Chuck, isn't God sovereign? Isn't, can't God, can't, I thought God could do anything He wanted. He is sovereign. Sovereign means to be number one, rank. He is number one rank. He is, he is ultimate, number one. But... You have to make the choice. He will not force anyone to live a certain way. You will have to make your choice. You have to choose the right path. God will not choose it for you. He, he, he makes it, He gives you the right, he, choose life. He gives you the answer, choose life. Choose the path of life. But you have to choose it. And it says they limited the Holy One of Israel, verse 42. They did not remember His power. The day when He redeemed them from the enemy. So they limited Him because they did not remember how He delivered them out of bondage, redeemed them, delivered them out of... I mean, opened up the Red Sea, all these things. They failed to put, to put themselves in remembrance. When we take communion, what do we do? Jesus said, do this in remembrance. What does remembrance mean? That means you got to use your mind. The body has the, the 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 word of God has a lot to say about your mind. He says, put in remembrance of what He did at Calvary. Every time we take communion, my mind goes to work. It goes to work immediately. Well, what did He? Okay. His body on the cross, His blood, all 39 slashes that laid up on His back. All those, I put myself in remembrance because He paid the price for my healing. He paid the price for my deliverance. So I see myself, come on, I'm not talking about Christian, well, they, my, uh, well, they, Christian science, uh, mind over matter. I'm not talking about that stuff. I'm talking about the Word of God. Words transmits images. By His stripes you were healed. That should put a picture in your mind. When I take communion, I always go through this. I see myself healed. I see myself walking in health. I see myself in prosperity. I see it in my mind. I got a picture of it. Kenneth Hagin has a lot to say about the mind. He had a, he's, got a, he had a book called, or he's got a book called Right and Wrong Thinking. A lot of Christians 
I'm not saying I'm not I'm not saying I'm not trying to come down hard on anybody, but I'm just quoting some of the things he said. He said a lot of Christians aren't seeing their healing because they're not thinking that they're healed. In other words, if you don't think it, if you think it, you should see it. You should have a picture in your mind how you should be. Get a picture of it. Well, how well, how's that work? How do you get a picture? You think. It's deep. You think and you meditate. And you see this Joshua 1 8. You meditate until you see your picture, until you see it. You got to see it. Again, I have to be careful what I'm saying because I'm talking about the word. If I say dog, if, let me let me back this up. If I say German shepherd, what are you seeing? Oh yeah, you're not seeing a little wiener dog. <laughs> Poor dogs, they they want to be dogs, but <laughs> German shepherd. I mean, you see a German shepherd. And if I was say grizzly bear. Right? You get a picture in your mind. When you see by his stripes you were healed, you ought to have a picture in your mind what that means. Divine health. He paid the price. I can walk in divine health. I don't have to have healing every other month. I can walk in divine health because he's redeemed me by his blood. I love taking communion. I, it puts me in remembrance all that He's done. And here it says that they limited God because they did not remember. They limited Him. God wanted to do so much more for them. Listen to this. The Passion Bible says this. It says again and again they limited God. Get this preventing him from blessing them. You hear that? They prevented God from blessing them. It's just like you as a parent. Your, your child refuses your goodness, right? Whatever that may be. In other words, how can I explain this? When my own children, Deanne would, no, she doesn't do this, but she would reject what I'm trying to do for her. She said, Dad, I don't, want, I don't really want that. I don't, I don't want your blessing. I don't want what you have to give for me. I, to me, I don't want it. See, that would hurt me as a father. Well, God's got feelings. I said, God's got feelings. And it grieves him. The Holy Spirit was grieved. He was prevented from blessing them. In other words, they limited God. God wanted to take them in. He paid the price. See, the, all, all, he, when, when they ate of the lamb, remember they, they took the blood of the lamb and, and they, they, they applied the blood on the doorpost and they ate the lamb. Remember? That's, those were types and shadows. 
We have the real thing. Christ is our Passover. So when we look back, when we put ourselves in remembrance, all that He's done, it's all been paid for. All we have to do is walk in it. Be a receiver of what He has, what he has already done. Amen. I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. I don't, I don't want my father to, to grieve him, to hurt him. That's, that's, see, listen, listen. That's the reason why the enemy, the devil, wants to cloud up your vision. He wants you to cloud up what God has done, His goodness, like we've been singing. He wants you to forget about His goodness. He wants to cloud up your vision glasses. He don't want you to put yourself in remembrance. He don't, the devil does not want you to put yourself in remembrance of all the finished works of Jesus. Because all the finished works belong to us. We're not trying to get them. We got them. We're, we should be walking in them. His grace. But you got to have... Well, that's a whole nother sub. I don't want to get too... i, I got to stick my, my subject here. Hallelujah. Now turn with me to... Um, well, actually, I got this down. Proverbs 23, verse 7, it says, For he... For as he thinks, or as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 23, 7. For as he thinks, so he is in his heart. So in other words, you think on something long enough, what happens? You'll begin to speak. It gets into your heart. It all begins with bad thoughts. You're thinking about something, or I'm just saying negative on the negative side. It's thoughts, words, and deeds. It begins with your thinking, your thought life. You're constantly thinking is going to show up. What you've been meditating on is going to show up. Because you, you think on something long enough, and you start to believe it. You believe it, you start speaking it. And, and, and even initially, you think it, and you really don't believe it, but you say it because you've been thinking on it. And eventually, you'll keep speaking it. Now you believe it because you've been speaking it. And now since you're speaking it, guess what shows up at the door? What you've been speaking I heard, I heard a minister say this years ago, and, it, it, and it's true. What you think on, he said like this, meditation brings revelation, good or bad. I'll say it again. Meditation, what you think on, will bring revelation. That revelation will bring a manifestation have you ever thought on a project at home, a project at home, you're trying to figure something out and you're thinking on it and you're thinking on it. And then all of a sudden that light comes on. Like the word of God, too. I mean, obviously, but that light comes on. That's revelation, right? In other words, the light comes on. Now you know what to do. So you do it. 
And that brings revelation. That's the same with the Word of God. You think on it. You meditate on it until you get a picture of it in your mind. It's in your heart. You get a picture of, man, that's your goal setter. That's your goal setter. What you see in your mind, you, you, you meditate on the word, word of God and you keep meditating on it. That's, you get that picture in your mind now. That's the goals. That's the thermostat. Now faith goes to work. I got a quote here from Kenneth Hagin. It's basically what I've been saying, but I just I wrote it down. Kenneth Hagin said this. This is what we believe is a result of our thinking. What we believe is a result of what we think. Keep thinking. You'll believe it. He goes on to say, if we think wrong, we believe wrong. So it tells me thinking, or and, and the Bible says imaginations, I'll pass check. Now you're getting weird on us. Your imagination. Well, the Bible says cast down imaginations. Anything that exalts itself against the word. So that tells me there's good imaginations. I imagine myself healed. That's a good imagination, isn't it? So that's imagination I want to keep in my mind. I don't need to cast that down. So I keep my mind on the Word, Bible talks about Bible talks about the renewing of the mind. Hallelujah. You want to be transformed? You get to renew the mind. Transformation takes place when we renew our minds. It's the mind, what we think on. Now turn with me to, to Numbers, to Numbers chapter 13. Hallelujah. Don't limit God. You know, and I, I say that, and I, I you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm, I'm there. I'm not telling you that I'm up here teaching you, and I'm, and I'm all there, and I've arrived. I, I'm, I'm making adjustments all the time. We, like I say, we just made an adjustment going in. You know, I don't, Sarah, listen to me. I don't wait till the first of the year. <laughs> if we have to make an adjustment in our vision statement, whatever you want to call it, your goals, you, you you should really have a goal. What do you want to accomplish? What do you want to accomplish this year? So we made our adjustments before, before this year, but during the fall or something. We made some adjustments to the thermostat, what we're hoping for. Why would you, why did, what, Pastor Chuck, you, you, we, do, you, we usually do that the first of the year. Well, you can to each his own. But man, if we get a revelation on something, we, we change it. We, I, want, I want my mind with God. I want to flow with Him. If He wants to do something bigger, why would I want to limit God? Why would I want to hurt Him? Why would I want to grieve the Holy Spirit? God is so good. Oh, taste and see. The Lord is good. Numbers 13. I'm not going to read the whole lot of reading here. I just basically want to get the one verse. And I want to tell you what stinking thinking looks like. I want to show you what a bad image is. And what it can do. 
You get a bad image, a bad something, you're thinking wrong, don't stay there. Cast a thing down. Get back on the Word. It'll take you. Bad thinking will take you into unbelief. It will flat out take you off course. It will, re- it will readjust the thermostat. In verse 33, actually, yeah, we'll just go with 33. I, Verse 33, chapter 13, and it says that they saw the giants, the, the descendants of Anak, who came from the giants. It says this, and listen, we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. What does it matter what other people think? What's that got to do with you? That has nothing to do with your vision what other people think. So don't allow what other people think to, to, to mess up your sight, your vision. What counts is what you're thinking. What counts is what you're saying. Listen to what, listen to what the image. Look, listen to what, what he said. Again, let's go back. It says, we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. Look at the image that is. Look at the image. A grasshopper. In other words, the devil will tell you, you know what? You're, you're, you're insignificant. You're not big enough. You, 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 you're not strong enough to take the land. You're, you're not. Look at you. You're just piddly thing. Look at you. Now, you're, if you notice a grasshopper, they will fly. We used to catch them. You can outrun a grasshopper. That's what they're thinking. We, you can outrun a grasshopper. Now, I don't know if I've ever caught one. I probably have in mid-flight. I don't think it'd be a hard thing. Some of the bigger grasshoppers are kind of slow. You, you can't catch a grasshopper. They don't fly very high. They think they can, but they don't fly very high. They may, they may go up to my chin sometimes. I don't know if they get that high. I don't ever remember a grasshopper flying over my head. That's, that's possible. It's like a chicken. They, don't, they, they think they could fly, but they don't. Grasshopper thinking will keep you from the promises of God. That type of thinking will keep you. God did not call us to be Flying grasshoppers. We are to mount up with wings as eagles. We are called to soar high above. Overcoming. Not the life of a grasshopper. That is what the devil wants to do. That is what he wants to cloud up in your vision. You can't do it. You look like a grasshopper. You must be a grasshopper. But see, just the opposite, wasn't it? This was just, what they were seeing, what they were feeling was just the opposite. We see that in Joshua chapter 2 when they actually went over. They were in fear of them. But the enemy will lie to you. He will, he will, he will he'll send deception, lies. That's what he does. It's the mind game. He plays in the mind that gets you to think negative. You can't do that. You can't do that. And then before you know it, we're limiting, limiting God, what He wants to do in our lives. 
I guarantee you God wants to take you up to the next level. I guarantee it. God, listen, they were stuck in the wilderness for 40 years. Stuck. All because of unbelief. Saints, we're, as children of God in Christ Jesus, we are in the promised land because of what Jesus did. We're in a much better covenant. We're there. It's a matter of us receiving what He's already done and get with the program. Notice this. This is interesting. Look at, look, let's go back a couple verses. Look at verse, um, verse, thir- verse 30. Now look, look, look at the attitude. I'm going to show you something. Look at the attitude of Caleb versus the attitude of the children of Israel who were the majority. The majority wanted to go back, right? They said, we can't do it. We're grasshoppers. But just the two guys... Come on, two guys. You would think the majority would, would hush them down, wouldn't you? The majority, well, okay, you just be quiet. No, these two guys were bold. Joshua and Caleb, even though two million or whatever the number is, two million people against two, to Joshua and Caleb it didn't matter because they believed God. Look at the attitude here. In verse 30, it says in chapter 13, it says, Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Did you hear the tone of that voice? Does that sound like a grasshopper? Does that sound like someone just barely getting by? No, he's speaking faith. In other words, he's got some expectancy. Actually, this, you can say this about Caleb. He is holding fast. This is how I see it. He is holding fast to his confession of hope. In other words, he's got an expectancy. And you can hear it in his voice. He's excited. There's a land over there, and I'm going to get it. I have a mountain over there, and I'm going to take it. There is an expectancy. Why? Because he's got the thermostat set. His hope. He's got a vision in his mind. He sees the mountain. And he says, that mountain is mine. It may be a house. You, you, you want, you're, you're believing God for a house. It may be a car. Get the vision. Get scriptures. I'm not saying to believe God for... He's got to be scriptures, Right? In order to believe, you've got to have scriptures. You've got to have the word. But he's got the word. And he's setting his thermostat. You should be able to get up every day, come on, and have some enthusiasm. I'm saying get your hopes up. There used to be a song called High Hopes, High Hopes. I don't know the song, and I don't want to sing it if I did know it. But get your hopes up. We're not talking about wishful thinking. We're not talking about natural hope. See, Abraham, against hope, natural hope, believed in hope. That's how he did it. And we're supposed to follow his footsteps. Get your hopes up. What I'm saying is, saints, when you get up in the morning, there ought to be some excitement. I'm not saying you be running around the house screaming. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying when you get up in the morning, there's something in you. There's some, there's some expectancy. You've got the thermostat set. Now faith 
is working because it's giving substance to the things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In other words, faith and now faith is now in action. Faith now is working mightily in you because you got the hope set. You got a dial to the promised land. Bigger house. And you got scriptures down. Health, better health. Divine health, you got scriptures down and you got pictures on. You got your mind, it, your mind. You see it. It's there. Get the word. Get that picture in you. Think on it. Meditate on it. But look at the attitude here. He's, he's excited, isn't he? Saints, we're living in such a better covenant. We ought to be excited. We ought to be the most excited people around. Well, Pastor Chuck, I don't want to overexert my faith. Honey, we're not talking natural. You're sitting in a chair because you have natural faith. The chair is not going to collapse. Whoopie doo. Okay, that's, that's a faith. That's a natural faith. We're talking supernatural. We're talking about the Word of God, which lives and abides, should be abiding in us. It's alive. It's not something. Some, all things are possible to him that believes. If you can believe it, if you can see it, it's possible. That's, that's the power of the Word. I'm saying, get your hope up. Believe God for something. Ask Him. Lord, what is it? You want me to believe more for what is it? What area? Ask Him. So we adjusted our thermostat. We adjusted our vision. And I, I have to be honest, I'm excited. And that's been four or five months ago, six months ago. I, I'm, I'm excited. Why? Because I'm holding fast in my confession of hope. I am not without wavering because I know He's faithful and just. He's trustworthy. And that's why, that's why Caleb says, I'm holding fast. I'm not letting go. I don't care what the majority says. I don't care what the two million say. I believe God. He's trustworthy. And I'm not going to waver. Well, I'm going to take my mountain. That's the type of tenacity you're going to have. Because the enemy will always try to cloud the vision. We were on a trip. Yeah, we we go on trips. Our work truck. Oh, we don't have any longer. Anyway, that's a long story. It's been about two and a half years ago, three years ago. We went to Ireland, which is around Jasper area, and uh, in, our, in the, the Dodge work truck, and we were booking it down the road, and it started to rain. So I went to turn on the wipers. You remember that, huh? Turn on the wipers, nothing. Oh boy, Dodge. <laughs> So guess what? I couldn't see. If you can't see, I had to pull off the road. 
Nothing wrong with the truck, per se. The, <laughs> the engine's running good, good. I mean, the tires, I mean, add the gas, all this good. The engine purring like a kid. I mean, everything. But I couldn't see. So I had to pull off the road. Likewise, spiritually, the devil wants you to not see. He wants you to pull off the road. He don't want you going forward. He, he wants to cloud up what you're looking at. All these circumstances. Oh, you can't do that. The giants are there. You can't do that. He, he wants to cloud everything up. He's a, he is a master of deception. Deceiving you, trying to... Oh, that's the reason why you got to cast down his... The, his thoughts, his imagination, he tries to put in. You get to cast those things down. Put on your spiritual wipers. Get that junk off. Fling it. And keep on trucking. That's what Joshua and Caleb. And we'll talk more about that, that side of it. But look, but you notice this. Now you notice, see, that's, that's Jake, Caleb's attitude. Now look at... Look at their attitude in verse 33. They're talking about the giants. We can't do it. Look at us. Look at us. We're so instant. Oh, so small. The giants are so big. They're undefeated, you know. They're big boys over there. They got big guns. They got big trucks. They run over us. Then look at verse 14. Look at this. It's so sad. Verse 14, verse 1, 2, 3, 4. You notice what follows depression, what follows small thinking, complaining, griping, murmuring, pouting, crying. See, that's a whole nother set of mindset versus Caleb and Joshua. You get you allow the devil to get you an unbelief. To, to get your vision all clouded up and you stay in that, un, un, that unbelief, saints, what happens? You start pouting. You start crying. You start feeling sorry for yourself. Let's pick another captain. Let's get another leader. Moses is not getting the job done. He's failing us. And God's not trustworthy. That's what they think. They're in unbelief. They think God is not able to do it. They think God is not, he's not uh, able to do his, what he promised. Just the opposite of Caleb. So they wanted, so what's, what are they doing? They're readjusting the thermostat. Remember, they came out of Egypt with joy. They came out of Egypt with all the, with the gold and the silver. No feeble one among them. They were kicking their heels together. They, they were singing. They were happy. They were singing praises to God. They crossed that Red Sea. They started singing. Yeah, everything is going so good. Until they started to walk by sight. Then the dominoes began to fall. Be careful. Don't, don't meditate on what the enemy's giving you. You cast it down. Keep your spiritual wipers on. Come on. Listen, God, our, God has called us, saints. We are, we are His. 
workmanship. Turn, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter, we are God's workmanship. God's put, put His goodness in you. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 2, look at this. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2. It says in verse 10, now this is you. Get a, get a picture of this. It says, in Ephesians chapter 2, it says, For we are His. You see, you see that? We're His. You're not anybody, you're His. Workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God has great plans for us. He's got things for us to walk in. We have a bright future. We just got to make sure we keep the word in us, abiding in us. God is good. He is, we all have a calling. It, well, actually, turn, look, at, look at this. Go over to chapter 1. Look at this. Verse 18. This is a prayer that Paul has prayed for, for, for the church. It's the letter written to you and me. And Kenneth Hagin always said this. He said, we ought to pray these prayers. You should pray. You should, should insert your name in these prayers. And it says, I'll just skip down to verse 18. This is a prayer. This is the Apostle Paul praying. He says that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. He wants, God wants your eyes enlightened, illuminated. To do what? To see. That's what I'm talking about. To see. He wants your, your eyes open to see what He has for you. He says the eyes of your understanding, some say heart, the eyes of your understanding being enlightening that you may know what is the hope of His calling. Well, Pastor Chuck, I don't, I don't have a great calling. Well, who told you that? God didn't say that. You said that. That's the wrong mindset. If God called you to be an intercessor, that would be the greatest thing you ever do. If God called me to go to, to <laughs> Africa and to live in a hut, that's the greatest thing I could ever do. Well, because I'll be in perfect will. But God hasn't called me to do that. I know one thing, I'll never say never. You say never, then that some comes back sometimes. But you're like, look, look at it's his calling, not yours. He wants you to know your calling. Notice he's going to tell you, I don't have time to go through all these, but, but I, just briefly. There's three things he's telling you that he wants you to see. First one is his calling. And what are the riches of his inheritance in the saints? So he wants you to know his calling and he wants you to know his riches. You, you understand what I'm saying? His calling, 
His riches. And in verse 20, it talks about uh, which God in Christ. Um, pardon me, 19, it says, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? So his calling, his inheritance, his power. He's put all three of those in you. They're not out there. They're in you. And He wants you to have eyes to see what He's called you to do. He wants you to have eyes to see the inheritance that's in you. He wants eyes for you to see His power in you. Those who believe. In other words, saints, listen. A lot of times we say, well... You know, I, I, I got the power and, and, and it's his power. It's his power that's the work in you. It's his, his inheritance. Even though he's made us co-heirs, joint heirs with him, but it originated with him. He, it's his inheritance. So everything I have is his. My body, everything I own. I walked, I told this once before, but I walked by my tractor. We got, I have a eight or a Jubilee tractor. I've been restored. And I walked through the garage one day and I put my hand on that tractor. It's not worth that much. It, it's, it's been restored. It's kind of neat. I put my hand on that tractor. Oh, God, I thank you for the tractor. And, I, I, and as soon as I hit that, that back wheel, uh, that tire, that I got the strong impression came up in me. Would you give it away? I, mean, I just thanked him for it. But that, that impression, would you give it away? I just kept walking. <laughs> I didn't. I did not hear that. I did not. And I tried to convince myself I didn't hear that. Do, 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 like Barney. Do, 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 do. But I couldn't get away from it because I kept coming back. And I said, Lord, I just got him. <laughs> I just got him. It had been a year. I just, you know, and I get the strong impression, give it away. Then once I, you, you, you sit down and you really think things out, it's, it's a tractor. It's a tractor. Yes, Lord, it's a tractor. And nothing else has been said. Was it a test? I don't know. But it, get, it, it, it surprised me more than anything that he even asked me that. Because I was just thanking for it. Then he comes back with an impression he puts in me. Would you give it away? Yeah, now I would. After thanking him. It took me a couple of weeks to get to that point. So I would give it away. But the point is, it's all his anyway, right? We're not taking a thing with us. He owns, we've been bought with the price. It's all His. Praise God. It's all His. But He wants us to see all these things He puts in us because He doesn't want us to, He don't, he don't want us to limit Him. He's put this power in us. So, to, let me put it this way. We're not God. He is. But He's put His power in us. His power in us. And He expects us to use His power according to His Word. Amen. So, why? So that He can do the exceeding 
Let's turn to Ephesians 3.20. Let's, let's go, well, I come to end with this. Ephesians 3.20. It says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the, the same power that he wants you to see, the same power that he put in you, that power, the dunamis power of God is in you, now we get to do something with it. It says, according to the power that works in us. Woo. Now let me read this out of the Amplified Bible. I want to hurry up here. The Amplified Bible says, if I can see it, if I can find it. Now to him who is able to do super abundantly, far above all that we dare ask, think, beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, dreams. I'm going to back it up. He says, super abundantly, far above all that we dare ask. I looked that word dare. And that word dare, according to the 1828 Webster's Dictionary, it says, to be bold enough to have the strength of mind to, un to undertake anything. It's a dare. God dares you. It's kind of like the tithe. Prove me in this. I challenge you. To me, I see this. It's a challenge. He says, I dare you to ask. Whatever you ask, I'm thinking bigger. That's what he's saying. I'm big. You may think you're asking big. God says, I'm bigger than that. Dare me. Dare me. You know, you ever heard the term, a double dog dare you? When you dare someone, that you challenge that person. And usually they, they feel challenged to do it. We were, we were camping. It's back when I was about 10. It's not like I lived my life at a young age. I, I was mature by 14. But I was, I was about 10 years old. We went camping. And um, that next morning, we, we were talking and, and stuff. Is, is over on the, we call the dam side, where we swim. <clears throat> and I was with my cousins, my, bro, my older brother and my cousins. So they dared one of my cousins to swing off the rope. The lake had a rope. And to swing off the rope, they, they dared him. To do it with no clothes. Now I ain't putting no mustard on this. This this is how I, and I still can't get this image out of my mind. Believe me. <laughs> they double. I didn't say that. I, we we didn't really use the word double dog, but basically you could say that we double dog dare you to swing off that rope with no clothes, just your birthday suit, nothing else. So then they enticed him. He wasn't too thrilled about that. But then they enticed him with some money. And we're only talking for about four or five dollars. It's not like we were rich back then, okay? So I think he ended up, he, he, he got about, I'm saying five, that may be a little high. But that convinced him enough 
I'll tell you what, it's the most funniest thing I think I've ever seen. <clears throat> he grabbed that rope, and there he goes, up, up the bank. And we were talking, I mean, it's, it's a damn side, it's deep. And he, so he's walking a good 20 feet, but he's marching up that bank, nothing on. Then he, he grab, grabs hold of that ring, that, that metal ring around the rope, and shoo, there he goes. It was an image to behold. <laughs> it's like it happened yesterday. Well, like he was dared and he took up the challenge. God says, I dare you to think big. You could say, I double dog dare you to think big. God don't talk like, like that. I'm just paraphrasing it. He wants you. It's, he we're I'm telling you, he's challenging us to think big. Yeah. Now, we, nothing is, is first. God's always first. And that's our vision statement. I love God. We, we say, every, I love God with all my heart, soul, and mind. Yeah. Everything I got, I love him. I put him first. I'm seeking first the kingdom. He is first. Amen. Nothing else is close. Nothing else is close. He is first. And I love my neighbors. As long as they don't throw junk on my side. I love my neighbors. <laughs> no, that's when you got to show love, right? I, and I'm not, obviously, I'm not there yet. I'm growing. I'm getting there. My goal is to get there. That's why we wrote it down. <laughs> well, it's better than not doing anything and pretending you don't have a problem with it, right? You know, your neighbor will put you to the test. Yeah, they'll put you to the test if you're walking in love. Especially you live in a subdivision. Anyway, God's saying here, I double dog dare you. Think big. Are you going to think big? Challenge God. Go home and, and meditate in these scriptures. And, you know, God, you, you, you want to do the exceedingly abundant above all I can ask or thank according to the power that's working in me. So if you want to do this exceeding greatness, Father, I ask you to show me. Enlighten my eyes and my understanding. What you called me to do? What is it? What, what do you mean the inheritance is in the saints? That's rich. I said it's in the saints. You've got a kingdom within you. There is a kingdom. It's a, that's, a whole nother, that's a whole nother thing. <clears throat> Hallelujah. So I, so I challenge each and every one of you to think big. Get out of your comfort box. Get out of, see, stretch, start stretching your faith. Set your thermostat. Aim for something big. Oh, if you don't get it, at least you're aiming. But I set my thermostat. See, it's got to be in line with the Word. Come on, you can't be getting silly on me. It's got, you've got to be in line with the Word. If the God says that He is faithful and trustworthy, if you hold fast, keep your vision clear. Come on. He's able. He's well able to bring it to pass. Now, we haven't seen anything yet, but I'm still holding fast. We're still holding fast because I know He's faithful. I got the Word on it. So I challenge you to think big. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to stop. There's... We're going to pick up on this maybe Wednesday. I don't know. We'll see. Um, 
There, there's a lot more to this, but right now I just want to challenge you to think big. Get beyond your thinking, your small... Listen, the more, the more, the more word that you can get in you, and I'm not talking about how much you can memorize. Listen, listen. It takes faith. It's, it's, it's the faith. Jesus said this, I'm paraphrasing it. I think it's in uh, John 8.30. He said, if you continue in my word, that word continue means to abide. If you abide in my word, that means live it. You're meditating in it. It's part of you. It's part of your, your speech. If you abide in my word, then you are my disciples. And you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. But it goes back. If you want third verse, I don't know what verse is that. I think it's verse 32 and then verse, th- verse 31. He says, if you continue, if you abide. Saints, if we all abide in his word. Keep the word in front of you. Keep the word in, in you. Keep the word in your mouth. You will have good success. That's why God told Joshua. That's why, because the word works. There is a dunamis power in you. You put the word in you. Holy Spirit is able to do great and mighty things. Right? Yeah. Amen. So get outside the box and start to thank God's thoughts. The Bible says if we will delight ourselves in Him, praise and worship team, come head up, if you would. If we, I think it's in, uh, well, if we delight ourselves in Him, make Him number one, delighting ourselves in Him, He'll give us the desires of our heart. He'll start putting His desires in your heart. Amen. I hope, I hope I inspired you to, to think big. Get out of your box and stretch out a little bit. Stretch those muscles. You know, and I said earlier that, you know, some people don't want to go beyond their faith level, but you got to remember, you're using, you should be using faith every day. Think about it. We're to live by faith. You should be using faith every single day. So to think big is not a big thing. Just get the word. Meditate in it. Get a picture of it. Set the thermostat and allow your faith to work. It'll come to pass. It, didn't it work for Caleb? Didn't it work for Joshua? If it worked for him, just two people against two million, we can do it. I said we can do it. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit myoasischurch.com. Thanks for listening.